uh, uh, you said you checked out Chavius' uh, interview. What was your thoughts? My thoughts were it was just amazing how people were able to elaborate and express themselves, and you kept asking questions like, and they were great questions. I just love how you made them comfortable and how you make them feel welcome and how, you know, it was more like it was getting entertaining each second, each second. So that's what I really love. Loved about it because most most interviewers or podcasts is you know some people make it just about themselves and it's just about the person you know doing it and so but when I saw yours it was just a lot of people just coming through getting interviews artists it was just a whole it it was it was more like it was distributed out like in different areas so I was like man that's that is very interesting so when I saw that I it, it really made me interested so yeah uh the the beautiful thing about podcasting is um I uh I kind of took the reins and I used that creative freedom to structure it however I want it. You know what I'm saying? And Mm -hmm. I don't think that most people understand that, you know, when you're doing an interview, it's not, it's not your time to shine while you bring in your guest on or anything like that. If that's, you know what I'm saying? If that's your platform, yeah, you have the right to do it, but you kind of, you, you turn people off when you, when you do that. So a lot of people probably get that misconstrued. And with me, what my form is, I don't want anybody to feel pressured. I don't want anybody to try to come up with the right answers or nothing like that. It's, it's not about that. It's about uh, us having a, a, a conversation organically as possible because to me, that's what makes the best content, you know? Right. It does. It all. It always does. Man, so uh, let me let me ask you this: Where you from? I'm from uh, I'm from Lexington, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. I was born in Winston Salem, so that's that's where I'm from. Oh, okay, Salem. That's a that's a stretch. <laughs> yeah, Winston Salem is about from Lexington, about twenty twenty five minutes away from. So it's not that far. I live in Lexington, though. Okay, so basically, you came up there. Yeah. Okay. I was born. I was born in Winston, and I live in Lexington. All right. So let me ask you this: So, uh, what what type of uh, podcast, if you do listen to them, or you know, saying like, what what type of podcast do you usually uh, tune into on like a weekly basis? Like, on a a weekly basis. Be honest. I've hmm. I mean, the only podcast I'm thinking about is really Apple Podcasts. Excuse me. I mean, I really don't listen to a lot of pod- podcasts like that. Mm-hmm. You listen like interviews, like bound like Christian uh, rap, like radio stations that have interviews. I use, usually listen to stuff like that. Um, I can't really say like what type of podcast or nothing. The first 
podcast I listened to was this podcast. So, I mean. Oh, okay. Well, you know, uh, you know, a lot of people, uh, not to say that it takes away from, you know, audio listeners or anything like that, but a lot of people like to watch it on YouTube as well. So, you know, if it's something that, you know, not, not that I'm sure, I'm pretty sure you privy to, you know what I'm saying? It's always the option to do that as well. Cause my mm-hmm. show is on YouTube as well. I don't know if you knew that or not. Oh yeah. I saw, I saw it was on YouTube. Yeah. So I was just curious, um, <clears throat> just to, you know, try to get a little background on you and everything. How old are you? I'm, I'm a 23 years old. Okay. So you're not too much older than Chavis. Yes, sir. Okay. So I mean, with that, well, um, not not to be calling you young or anything, but with you being so young and everything, right? Coming up in this day and age, how do you feel about, you know, the uh, the uh, gospel music industry? The gospel music, man, I've been hit with that question so many times. How I feel about the gospel music industry, how I feel is music is constantly evolving and styles are changing things are changing um production is changing the the, especially the marketing is changing i feel about the gospel industry now is that you know like i tell everyone just just be you at the end of the day you know everybody has their own opinion at the end of the day but i feel if you're you you're going to stick out but in the gospel industry it's more about it's more about getting a name and being on top instead of inspiring someone and spread out a positive message. And it's more about politics than anything. That That's how I feel. It's mostly about politics. Um, when we do stuff for God, no matter the shape or form, when it's in form of godliness, it shouldn't be about who's better or who's the one on top or who's the one that got the catchiest hook or the, the dopest beat or got the dopest producer. It's more about bringing souls to God and helping people out that go through, you know, different things like different trials and tribulations and different struggles. Cause everybody is flawed and everybody has their own issues, but it's more about bringing people closer to God than anything. Everything else is on the back end. God will work that out if it's meant to be, but that's how I feel. Yeah, no doubt. I don't think that a lot of people uh, put two and two together when it comes to blending the two, you know what I'm saying? The gospel with with music. And at the end of the day, you got to remember that you're talking about an art opposed to, you know, religion or faith. You know what I'm saying? Right. So a lot of people don't know how to separate those ideally. And the only mm-hmm. thing they, they do is they, they just they marry the two when it comes to thoughts or the person. It's just like you can you could talk about a person because of something they do, but you got to remember that they also have several identities. Like you, you know, you're in school. You know what I'm saying. You got a right. career that you're doing, but you also make music. Right. So they can't judge your musical talent for your work ethic or your career. That's something. That's something. I mean, I'm not work ethic, but for your uh your career uh uh talent, you know what I'm saying? So if you if you a good swimmer, right? Right. You're the best swimmer in the world, 
and you can't climb a mountain, no one's gonna judge you for that. Right, that's true. You know what I'm saying? Oh, some no one should judge you for that, right? Because you're strong Right. in something else. You can't you can't throw me in this other category and expect me to come out on top. And that's Right. what a, you know what I'm saying, that's what a lot of people do. So they don't know how to separate those two things, whether it be ego or misery, loves company, or whatever the case may be. A lot of people get things misconstrued, in my opinion, when it comes to Uh, when it comes to, you know, uh, religion and blending that with the rest of the world. So not that I'm saying you can't blend the two, Amen. but you, you can't, you, you know what I'm saying? You, you can't, uh, you can't, uh, you can separate the thoughts without it, you know what I'm saying? Being so overbearing or so accusative or, you know, so political, I should say. Yeah. So, I mean, that's just that's just my thoughts on the situation. I can't speak for the next person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because, I mean, that's the thing about, you know, Christian music is more about, you know, who's in top 10 and who's in this. And and when you do something like wherever your art is, or your talent or whatever you have, you want to get good at it. Like I'm in school and I'm in school and I'm in uh, I'm in uh, I'm in a graduate school right now. I mean, I'm in graduate school at the University of North Carolina at Charlotte. I just finished my undergrad at Appalachian State University, which is like in Boone, North Carolina. I graduated with a chemistry degree in forensics and I got my forensic certificate while I was in school. Um, but, you know, like I said, like it should just mean, it should be more about building each other up, you know, correcting each other, you know, when, somebody falls you help them or correct them where they're wrong and you know stuff like that Absolutely, absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, I am your host, the Landover Legend, aka Big T, and this has been a this is another installment of the I Can't Make This Up podcast. Uh today I have a very young and talented guest who uh hails from the Carolinas, who's a Christian artist and also um looks like a aspiring forensics analyst, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Yes, sir. Okay, okay. I would like everyone to uh, welcome today Philip Martin, man. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you. It's a it's a blessing and an honor. Hey, man. Um, like I said, uh, I appreciate you for joining me today and, uh, you know, sharing a little bit of insight on your life, man. I, um, I hope that, you know, people, uh, you know, get something from this. But anyways, I'm going to let you introduce yourself to my audience. Okay. Hello everyone. My name is my name is Philip Martin Jr. I'm 23 years old. Currently right now, I am a graduate student at University of North Carolina at Charlotte. Um I hoping to obtain my criminology masters and also that you know currently I'm working on a little music right now. Not not too much cuz I'm in graduate school at the moment, but um down down the line I have a single that I'm working on called Through the Storm. That's gonna be on all platforms. Um, so when it drops, I hope everyone tunes in. No doubt, no doubt. So what got you into uh, making music? Like, was it a certain inspiration or Yeah, person? so I'm, when, what got me into making music was, 
as a little kid, I remember I used to develop a stuttering problem, like a real bad stuttering problem. Mm-hmm. And I remember people used to pick at me about it. And I remember um, like being real nervous about stuff. I remember it would affect. And this this when I was like probably like five or I was a little kid, like within young, young age, within like three to six years old. And I remember um, I had a, a, a second grade teacher that told me that, you know, when I remember in class, we would read things and I would stumble across words. I would be stuttering words like in a book. You'll have a book and you in kindergarten or when you elementary, you'll read it. And I used to stutter words and it would affect like mentally how I used to think things and how she and one day she said, told me like I would never make it out. I would never be able to read and write on my own or be efficient. And so when I used to hear that, I would like write about my feelings and stuff and like write how I really felt like really deep inside. You know, I remember kids used to pick at me, make like little jokes about my stuttering. They'll say something like, Bobo, I feel up, you know, just doing, you know, that's, mm-hmm. you know, kids, kids get like that. But, you know, when, as time grew and I got older, I remember I did a poetry slam and I remember it was like something surreal, man. It was just, excuse me. I was with a, a bunch of people and it was like, I can't remember, it was like 20 some kids or somebody doing poetry doing like poetry readings or writing their own poetry and making their own art form. You had people doing poetry on a music beat. And I just said, Hey, I'm going to write about how I felt. And like, you know, one of the things I said was, um, my pain was deeper than the ocean. You don't understand how I feel that, that I would go, I was just going like in, like it was just things I would just think about. And I'm like, and I remember this one guy that I met in there, that I mentored and talked to. He used to be a game banger. And he used to um he was like, man, who in the world was that? And I was, they were like, oh, it was this kid Philip. Like he was going, he was talking about some they, they most people say it was some deep personal stuff. He's like, man, he went to another side or another level with the poetry. I was, he was like, man, dude, you gotta keep going. Like you really inspired me. You know, the 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 really stay in school I'm like and most time as creators you don't think you know certain things can inspire somebody to do something positive music can affect people in different ways and this dude said that he's like yeah man you know you really and you really inspired me and like you really helped me I said man like this dude we used to talk every day and he said man where you do man wherever you go I better hear some rhymes from you. That's that's all he said. I want to hear some rhymes from you. And I remember, um, I remember I was at this leadership meeting in high school that we went to in Charlotte or somewhere. And it was about, you know, your leadership qualities and what type of leadership qualities you show in your school, what made you become a leader. And we went to it. And I remember I was at this thing in Charlotte. It was at Queens College. And it was these bunch of guys. And we would be writing stuff. And it was this one guy that was in there. He was a Atlanta battle rapper. I forgot his name. It was, it was years ago. I remember we were in there. They were like, oh, um, I th- this guy over here does uh, uh, Christian music. He was like, oh, he does? Uh, they were like, yeah, he does. 
Then the, the, the Atlanta guy that raps, he he does like drill music. So we were like, hey, it was like 20 of us in there. They're like, hey, we all need to get in together and, and y'all and, and y'all two throw rhymes at each other. I was like, man, I don't know about all of that, man. That's too late at night. It was like 12, 1 o'clock at night. We supposed to be in bed because we had like some station or group work we had to do the next morning. Mm. Dude come out the blue playing a beat, just spazzing. I said, okay. I'm going to have to show him what I got, too. I, I saw I, we start going back and forth. I mean, at that time, I still needed work. You know, I was I was OK, but that was like, man, I was about four to five years. I say about five and a half years ago, maybe somewhere around there. But it was like in in junior senior level high school. And we were just going back and forth, just going, just going back and forth. They were like, oh, shoot. One dude come in there, man, whose flow was that? He started, and one dude was like, man, I heard somebody talk about God. And he he was just saying some crazy. And I'm like, man, what is that dude saying in there? Hmm. And, you know, it was just, it was just amazing. And like, you know, he was like, man, I got a lot of respect for you, man. He's like, we both, we, we both need work, man. We laughed about it. I said, yeah, we do, we do need work. Like, but I said, yeah, man, they were like, he was like, yeah, man, you're going to be pretty good when you, when when you when you get older and wiser and gain more experience, he he was a little older than me, I think, at that time. But it it, it was you know it was pretty fun. It was real real fun. That's what's up, man. How old was you when you uh you got into it with the uh, battle rapper? Man, I wasn't like God. I was like that. It was like seventeen, but it wasn't like battle rap, battle rap. It was just have. It was like just yeah. a one time thing, just having fun that night, like. I'm I'm not a bad rapper or a freestyler the Lord doing that. Yeah. But it was just like at that moment, I was like, okay. Then, you know, then that night we, we switched to writing something. And I was like, okay, let me see what I can write. Cause everybody was like, oh, it's this Christian guy in here. This one dude's like, oh, it's this Christian guy in here. Man, this dude, man, this dude, man, this dude gonna be something. I was like, yeah, I uh, I think I'm gonna be something too, man. I said I, I appreciate that, but I was like mad young. I said less than about 16, 17, probably somewhere around there. But it was just for that one night, just having fun. So Okay. Outside of that particular situation, um and you know, uh Christian artists. Is there anybody like in the rap game that you, you know, that you uh that you like as far as their cadence or their flow or whatever? Oh wow, man, it's it's, it's so many. It's really so many. So um I used to listen to Lecrae. Many probably heard of Lecrae. Uh-huh. Um but I started really listening heavy, excuse me, to heavy to uh seven. He's a Christian artist. Seven show Baranka um and yeah seven show Baranka um and Bizzle them are like the only two them like the only three it's so many others Lecrae Bizzle show Baranka and seven like so them 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 are my favorite artists the one thing I like about and you know Lecrae is good too I I you got to he he done made it out the mainstream mainstream mm-hmm. and you know went went outside the church with his music um and also I love 7 because 7 has like this certain type of 
he has that music that'll make you think about your day and be like, okay, what can I do to be better? Like that, that's the thing that's missing in Christian music. I feel like when we, when people listen to music, the first thing they go, and you can agree with me as well. First thing when they listen to that music, first thing they ask is the beat hot or man, is that, is that a dope beat? They don't listen to words. They don't listen to the message. And it's like, okay, so what makes the point of being music if it's no message to it? Um, and you know, seven, I, I listen to him a lot. Like I listen to his old stuff, seven. He talks about one of his songs going through a spiritual warfare. He talks about going through lust. He talks about going, you know, sleeping with girls and stuff. He talks about a whole lot of different areas that he has struggled with and talks about how he's overcome them. And he's talked about depression, talked about how he overcame, you know, addiction and all that stuff. So Seven is there. Bizzle is more like, he's more like a a punchline guy. But if you're not listening to the music, it'll just go right over your head. Like you have to sit and listen to him, listen to his message and listen to stuff like that. And Shobaranka has like this, he has like this old school style, like a more like an Eastern type flow. Um, so that's so that's he 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 makes like some old throwback old school. It's almost like almost like the boom bap. Um, but his it's more like real old school flavor in a way. So them are like my top three to four I can name right off the bat. It's many more that's really dope out there and deserve to be in that you know, top category, but, you know, them like the ones I listen to on a regular basis. Okay. So uh, you don't listen to anything outside of Christian rap, basically? Not really. I mean, I might listen to like some um, R&B, man. I might listen to R&B. I might listen to a little like J. Cole and Kendrick, the stuff that speaks positive messages. Mm -hmm. Um, Nothing with all that cursing and nothing all that craziness like you know talking about women that's one thing i don't like listen to like the stuff that degrades women or i don't like listening to stuff like that if i got i, I really don't like that's something i don't listen to i might listen to a couple r&b but mostly it's gospel might be a gospel r&b um you know or worship music like you know you like uh yolanda adams um uh, uh, you know, stuff like that. Mostly Yolanda Adams. I listen to her music, um, every now and then. Oh, and and uh, Tamala Man, Tamala Man. I could I couldn't remember the name. I said I know something to do with worship. I said Tamala Man, take me to the King. So stuff like that. Um, so that's really about it. I'm about. Oh, I might listen to a little jazz. You know, when I'm studying with my work, doing my uh schoolwork or something i might throw in a little jazz some like sweet soul jazz like listen to it you know just i might just listen to the instrumental to be honest so while i'm studying it helps me keep focused and stuff you know there's a lot of artists out there that get thrown into the majority pool when it comes to you know rap and hip-hop these days 
that do speak positively, you know what I'm saying, that, you know, no. not, not that I'm trying to pressure you or anything, I'm just saying that mm -hmm. in the general audience, a lot of people misconstrue these artists because of their name or because of the culture and the way it's, you know, uh, looked at on TV or in the media or whatever. So, um, like, Big Crit, have you ever heard of him? Oh, yeah, I heard of Big Crit. Okay, have you ever listened to his music? I probably listened to one song. I can't remember what the song's name, to be honest. <laughs> okay, so outside the fact that he does cuss, Big Crit is one of the, the dopest, most talented people in the, uh, in the rap industry. And when I tell you he wears so many hats, and his body of work speaks uh, far beyond what he should be considered in the game right now. So the only, the only reason I bring it up is because, you know, a lot of people only have that one perception. And, and I'm not saying you only view it that way. But if you don't know, then, you know, how can you uh, how could you have, you know, what I'm saying, um, you know, a full look at the big picture, you know? So mm -hmm. a lot of people like judge artists off the way they look or by a certain single that they hear on the radio, because you got to remember when it comes to music industry, it's a business. And the only thing they care about is making money. So when I think about it, I, you know, I go back and I listen to, you know, artists, old stuff, the stuff they got before they put on their underground stuff. And then I compare it to, you know, what they put out now and I can see, you know, who changed and who kept it 100. Because usually those independent mm -hmm. artists are the ones who develop this, you know, underground cult following that trickles on to the mainstream and they kind of get carried over well. As long as they don't let the machine into their head and into their life and integrate into all movements of, you know, uh, their their career, I believe that they're better off, you know, just from my opinion mm -hmm. and i and that that's i'm glad you brought that up because sometimes we get judgmental at people and you you're supposed to judge the 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 fruit by which they carry and and also god is the only one that judge like that's between god and them like we because we have all fallen short and also that's not our place to point fingers and judge them and like, you know, put, keep pointing them. And, you know, you, you get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's not our place. Our thing is to pray for them. And if there is any, you know, conviction that needs to be addressed that, you know, it'll be addressed and God will deal with it. So. Yeah, you're right. Have you ever had like criticism that interfered with your uh, your artistry, like as far as, um, you know, like your parents or whatever, or your peers, or you know, even people in the church? Like, have they ever criticized your work or made you feel like you should change what you're doing? Or in, in um, when I when to be honest, I only I only dropped so like one mixtape so mm -hmm. far. And that's been like a year and a half, two years ago. Um, also I, on my Insta, on my IG, I used to drop freestyles and remixes and did challenges. Um, the critic criticism, it's a difference when it's somebody's trying to help you, but 
you know, it's a difference when somebody's like, hey, your sound isn't up to date. You need to change it. I'm like, well, dang, like, to me, it sounds good, but it's more like, okay, we got to make things up to date. You got to make things up to date, man. If you don't make things up to date, I I've, I've, I receive that all the time. Like, people listen to my tape, be like, man, it sounds good, but it just sounds like a little dated or you you need to get you need to get doper beats and ride on ride on this mainstream wave to get people to come in. Like I think the the biggest criticism I think I had was um, you know, the common structure for a song is two verses and a hook or is yeah, he's all right, oh man, I I kinda got tired after the third verse because I felt the song was too long. Okay, you say the song is great, but then you say it's too long. Like that doesn't it doesn't add up. Um, so I think the that was another criticism. Another criticism I had was um uh, why ain't, you know, why why don't I dress or have the persona of the rapper type? Because the, when most people see me out in public or most people that had class with me, I'm a calm guy. I don't really say much. I'm just Philip. I'm when I'm when I'm in them classrooms, like with professors. You know, I don't. First thing out my mouth isn't rap when I'm in school. <laughs> when I'm in school. I'm doing that book. I'm doing that doing that work because you know professors don't really you know people when you in school or doing other things people don't really care about you rap. Only thing it is. College is a business as well. Like you gotta do what you gotta do and get out of there. You know, you you invest into college as you well. You invest into graduate school. You know, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying. So and it was and I remember I had a professor. It, it's been multiple professors I built bond, bonds with at my undergraduate. I remember my first criticism. I think it wasn't criticism, but it was a shock to a couple professors, especially this one professor. Um, the school had did a newspaper about I was a Christian artist and she was like, oh, you do Christian music? She was like, I said, yes, ma'am, I do. One of my favorite professors ever. Um, she said, oh, is it like a um, bluegrass or country? I said, no, I said, it's not. Uh, she said, I, she said, oh, what type of music is it? I said, oh, it's like Christian rap, like me rapping. She said, oh, does it talk about God? And I think with most people, when they hear that term rap, because the way rap is treated in today's era, people are going to automatically assume, oh, he's talking about guns and smoking and talking about sleeping with women. And I'm not going to talk about that because I've never lived that life. I'm just not going to be talking about that foolishness just to get a check or or be on the spotlight or become famous. I'm just not going to do that. Um, and she said, oh, it's Christian rap. So I sent it to her and she said, wow, that was, that was awesome. I I really didn't believe that was, that, that was Christian rap or whatever. That, that, that's what she said. And I had another professor I had, I think I had calculus one with, she said, um, oh, you have a, you have a Christian band. Is it like rock and roll? I was like, no, it's not rock and roll. It's Christian rap. She said, oh, 
And, you know, most people back away because that rap term. They'll just back away. Like, oh, you know, oh, that's rap. Oh. And, but when I explain it to them and tell them about the history of it, I made them feel comfortable about about it. They were like, oh, okay, that was awesome. I didn't know you were really talking about that. Wow. Like, I really felt, you know, some inspiration from that. And she said, anything that praises God, I would please send it my way. And so I started building connections with professors outside of the classroom. Cause you know how I feel about, you know, class and college and stuff. Education is important. Like you, everybody needs that. Now God has callings for different people and that's between them and God. Like, I can't speak on them. And they can't speak for me, but you know, it was just, it was just different. Like with certain professors, you know, I started building relationships with, they're like, you know, after, but I would tell them after, <laughs> My my classes over with now they put them grades so they don't say oh this guy's worried about rap all day <laughs> you know just you know yeah. just something like that but you know I was able to build bonds and you know I got this one teacher now that's that just messaged me not too long ago a couple about a couple weeks ago man she calls me uh Philip or Mr Martin I'm waiting on new music and I'm or and this other professor uh, I'm waiting on some more music man like where's where's the music at you know, so. So you you heard these people say these things. And I mean, of course, you know, you're going to take it on the chin and um, feel how you're going to feel. But, you know, you don't have to change what your art is, you know, what your music is. Your music is your music. Now, of course, you if you want to grow as an artist and you have a goal in mind of what you want to do. Like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, attain a certain following. Not them saying you're looking for followers or anything, but, um, you know, if there's a certain plateau that you want to reach one day, right? Not that you have to follow any trend or not that you have to mimic anybody else in order to reach that plateau, but you can, uh, you know, uh, tweak your sound or not just update it, but make it so that everyone that you want to listen to, and not just, you know, people who listen to Christian music, but people who enjoy music, period. You know what I'm saying? Make it so that everyone can say, hey, this isn't Christian. This isn't a great Christian rap song. This is a great rap song. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, at least that's the way I see it. That's the way people should do it because when especially in these day and age, more people are starting getting recognized instead of being labeled as, you know, a black comedian or a black artist or a hip hop artist. This is just a musician or an artist. You know what I'm saying? So that should be the goal at the end of the day to, like I said earlier, separate the whole uh, of it being just a Christian rap or it just being a rap about God. It's just a rap that's good music that's pertaining this particular subject matter and it's not only pertaining that or you know what i'm saying um it's it's about me spreading the message and this is how i did it lyrically mm-hmm. right that that's how it should be at the end of the day yeah so i mean not everyone gets that concept and not even people think about that like you said earlier some people do it for the check 
And that's fine if that's, you know, the way you want to carry things, but that ain't for everybody. It's not. And that's one thing I had to learn because I'm working on this project, man. And when I say when it comes out, it's going to be, I say probably less. And, and this and this is all Lord willing. Like as humans, we all have dates on things and we, we say, oh, oh, this is going to happen at this day and time. And you just got to wait on what God says. And God say, no, I, it's not ready yet. You need to wait. But I remember the business is about to check, man, because I remember so many times, like people, people will try to get over on you and, you know, mess you over. Because I remember it was one incident, man, that this one guy paid for an exclusive beat for. And he's working on the beat, sending me updates and drafts. But then he just go ghost. And when I contact him and say, hey, man, I paid you for a service and you never got the beat back to me. You just sent me drafts, like video drafts of you doing the process and getting together. He going to come back and say three to four weeks later, his computer crashed. I'm like, okay, but where, where is my beat? Like you kept saying, oh, this thing going to pop. He kept saying, it's going to, it's going to pop. It's going to do numbers. It's going to do all of this. But I'm saying, okay, where's my beat? (laughs) You know? And I'm like, dude. And then he said, oh man, I really don't have at the moment. Um, Somebody hacked into my computer i'm like what what did something pop i said what and and so and you know i'm i'm really like an upcoming artist i'm not no big superhero artist or on the plateau you know but i've i've improved a lot and i've grown a lot but i mean and this was last year and like you know me searching for producers because buying beats man as an artist can be very pricey because everyone is out for themselves. Everyone is not going to make a sacrifice and sacrifice their platform in order to bring yours up. That that's how that's how it works in the music industry. Like if if somebody see you booming or popping or doing great, and it's and you might want an exclusive, you might be paying a thousand dollars or more just just for that beat, <laughs> just to own it, and that's and you and and for other services, you probably paying more with that just because, oh, I see this guy popping or doing big things. I, what I'm going to do is make sure I get my fair end of the cut. And so, you know, I had to wait last year. I said, man, I need me a dope producer or at least get me a couple. My, how, my, how I look at music is working with one producer is fine, but I always try different sounds. That's when I listen to my favorite inspirations of artists, they have different producers, different, you know, they might have one or two engineers on the sound. It it makes it it, it makes it collectively better instead of just, okay, that was like the one hottest song on the whole thing. Just because you were one producer, I just feel like, you know, sometimes you can try to step out the box a box a bit. And so I had to wait, you know, for a while and you know. I was like, man, I can't find no producers. People was like, man, you need just lease beats. And, you know, this is the business music producer business artistry talk. You just need the lease beats, man. You Like this one guy told me, man, you're going to pay like five to seven K on production or beats alone. And then you got to worry about engineering, mixing, mastering. 
I said, I'm not going to spend that. I told people that, you know, I said, I, I just believe that if I sit down and search and take my time and find producers and try to build a rapport with them, because I tell people all the time within business, if you treat people well and treat them respectfully and show love and care, people don't mind looking out. But if you all think you're trying to get over on them or being rude to them, people, you're just going to get hit over the head. Hmm. I mean, that's just how it is. And, you know, I had to wait. And I remember uh, this one song, this one guy, man, I, I, I just couldn't believe it. And this one guy, he said, hey, man, I know you threw somebody. And I really want to look out. So I'm like, you really want to look out? And because, you know, I'm sitting as an upcoming artist. You know, you only have a certain budget. And, you know, you, you can only, you know, do this so much. I said, man, he probably going to want some money or something. And so I said, hey, man, so how much you charge for beats or custom? Oh, no, nah, man, you ain't got to worry about that. I got you for free. Huh. I said, okay, God is starting to move. Okay. I get a beat from him. And at first I'm sitting there looking at the beat like, man, this this a hard beat, but I just don't know if it's really for me. And I spent forever on that thing. When I say I I would I was sitting, I excuse me, got the beat sometime late last year. I say maybe man, August through sometime August, October, got it somewhere around there. I'm sitting on the beat going to bed. I said, man, I can't think of nothing. I'm sitting there listening to the beat while I'm doing homework. Like, I'll just be doing listening to the beat while I'm doing homework, you know, just vibing with it, you know, in case something come up. I'm like, well, darn, I still can't think of nothing. So I'm sitting going back, chilling. I said, I'm just going to get in the car and just ride a bit and listen to it. Boom, ideas start coming. I said, okay. Now it's starting to come. Then this other guy, um, he man, this guy charges a mad expensive price for exclusives. Probably about the the cost of a rent of an apartment, <laughs> and for real, probably a month. And I said, man, this, this beat is fire. It's it's um it's um it's for my next song called "Through the Storm." Like "Through the Storm," that's gonna be coming out real soon. Um. So I said, man, that beat is so far, man. I wish he could, um, like, give a discount or look out or something because I, because you know when you when you hear that beat, you like, man, this, I'm about to tear this thing up. You'll just be bobbing your head to it. And I went and talked to him. I say, hey, man, I'm a you know college student. I said, you know, if there's anything I can help your platform, you want me to shout you out or help you with anything, I don't mind doing that. You know, because in music business, you got to know how to do your business correctly. And, I, I, and I'm still working on how to do my business correctly. You know, er, everybody has a learning curve and everybody got to learn in order to grow. So, that you know, uh, so he's like, um, he was like, yeah, man, I mean, it was just a blessing how God moved things. He said this one guy wanted to be and he was offering a price higher than what I was giving. I'm like, man. This junk would go dope on a project or album, man. I said, man, that thing, man, that beat would, because I already had, like, the verse, the hook written to it, the bridge. Like, I had a singer 
I wrote it and had the singer like perform like what I thought in my head. And I said, man, that thing, that thing would be dope for me to put two verses on it. And he come back and say, hey, man, um, I told the guy that the beat is not for you. And I and I told the guy that this beat is for Philip. I said, I'm, I'm saving this for him. I, he was like, hey, man, I really believe in what you got going on. I, he said he wants to see the project. He said, so I'm going to cut down the price um, to something very affordable, man. And, you know, the beat is yours, man. He said, anything I can do to help? You know what I'm saying? It, I was like, God, like, you really are moving. And it was just, you know, I, I just couldn't believe it. And I got other producers, man. This one dude, you know, he, he sell beats. He let me get a beat, I think, for like 40 to 50 bucks. And it's this thing, the thing is just fire. He said, hey, man, it's yours. I, I know I, I know you want to hit the ground running. Just go ahead and pick what beat you want, and it's yours. You know, because mo- most people have this industry talk of like, oh, you got to spend $3,000 on an exclusive. You got you to gotta go to the biggest studios. I'm be like this. I went for my mixtape. I went to a guy's house and record that mixtape. I wasn't in no big studio with these synthesizers and amps and all that stuff. I wasn't, you know what I'm saying? I wasn't there doing that. You know, it was just a mic you had. He and I was recording about in his living room. So, I mean, you don't have to have all that stuff to be known or or to make good sound quality music. I think that when they were saying that um, you don't necessarily have to, you know, hook up with Dr. Dre or nothing like that. But <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You uh, you do have to be in a certain professional facility to get a certain sound um, that that's going to separate you from everybody else. So it's not about it's not about your setting. It's about the quality of the sound of your music. Right. And not the content. So uh, they might have exaggerated that just to, you know, give you a little kick and and your thought process when it moving like it's nothing to matter with recording in the living room yeah but once you once you have an ear for music like engineers do and they can tell you you know what they hear in the background of your music or where you recorded it or what type of mic you have when you recorded and stuff like that so when people when people talk to you about your music and uh I don't say that they, they, they give them critiques, but when they say stuff like that, they're telling you from experience. So you 23, right? Right. So you've been making music for like the past five or six years, something like that, right? Yeah, about four to five. Yeah. So you probably was talking to somebody who's been in the industry or in the A&R game or in the production game for probably twice that length. So I don't think they're speaking to tell you that, you know, this is what you have to do. They said they're telling you based off experience. And I'm telling you based off of the many musicians that I know and I grew up around. So I can tell the difference between someone who recorded something in the closet in their bedroom and someone who recorded something in the studio just off sound quality. That's the way my ear is set from my year and my experience and my my love of music. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So let, let me ask you this. So when the, when the guy quote-unquote, uh, computer got hacked. Whatever happened with that situation? So he, like, he kept, he. so he said, you know, it was just, 
it just fell through. I just said, all right, man, you know, you know, cause when thing about me is I always try to save money. I just don't go out cause, because that beat online is $500 and I'm like, Oh, that's a dope beat. I'm going to go ahead and, you know, buy that $500. Why? I mean, not buy, buy that beat for $500, but why, but why would you buy that beat for $500? You don't, I mean, you, you don't have the money behind it. Okay, you got the talent and everything, but why would you buy that beat for $500 when I got somebody that could hook me up for $150 to remake that beat and something better? And the thing is with beats and stuff like like the guy that gave me for this new song called uh through the storm that's gonna be out he told me he said man i could give you i could give you that beat um for for like you know a big amount just give it to you and worry about you know how many beats i sold and just be like the average producer out in the game because some some producers are like that. They sell the beat online. Somebody come up with this big pricing. Oh, I'm just worried about getting a beat out there. You're not trying to follow up with the artist, seeing how they're going to grow and get involved. And you just out there just throwing it. Hey, man, I just out there made about $700 a day, man. I sold my beat. I don't care what that artist does. But this guy, he's like, nah, man, um, I'll, I'll give it to you so I can, you know, see your growth with it once you record it and you, know, you moving forward with it. Like he didn't treat it as like, Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get a, I'm trying to get some money today. So I'm going to try to hit him over the head so I can bring in some revenue. He he didn't see me like that. So, you know, with that situation, like the guy that says computer guy had, I just said, you know, you just took, you just, I, you just got to learn how to take an L. Cause I mean, I mean, you you can chase the money, like try to zoom and do all that stuff, but I was like, it just I'm, I was mad about it, and I just didn't like how his business went. And I've been in a situation before, man, that this one guy sold an exclusive to me, and he sold that exclusive to somebody big before me. I'm like, man, you can't do that. That's that's. I'm like, what? And and I said. I said, yeah, I'm just going to be cautious about it because, excuse me, people nowadays, they'll just try to take advantage of you. And the thing about me that, okay, cool, I took an L, but I'm not going to let that L dictate and make and make me carry business over my creativity. Because sometimes when we get played so many times, we'll, carry, we'll put business over creativity, and all of a sudden your creativity is like, you know, you don't, you, you're you not making nothing or just, you know, you're just not doing anything. So, I mean, it was just, you know, it hurt, it hurt a bit now, but, you know, I just said, I'm going to keep moving and try to find people that's really trying to work with me and like really want to see me grow because that's what really that mattered. Like the money would come on the back end. That, that That's what that guy said when he gave me that beat. He said, hey man, I'm going to give this beat to you because I believe. That's that's all he said. When he said that, he said, go and send the the payment where he said he put it like this, whatever you can afford, go ahead and send it to me. You know, most people in the game, man, most people not going to do that. Most people, 
It's more about a check or or how many beats you sold in one day. Oh man, I got so much revenue for them beats, but you don't know who's getting on them, where the beats going. Like you just worrying about, you know, worrying about. Oh, I I got. Oh, I I made a thousand dollars based off based off leasing that one beat. You know what I'm saying? So it, it's man, it's really a blessing, man, because you know, as an artist, I love doing projects and you know throwing some a song out there too, and you know you'll sit there and think like, man, how can I afford to get, you know, my own stuff or own beats and stuff like that without it being overly crazy in the budget. And these guys, man, it almost felt like, man, I'm, I'm sitting, I said, I'm sitting at a, sitting at a, a top star hotel. That's how I was treated <laughs> for real, for real. Like you just, you just don't know. You you just don't know until you ask, and you just don't know when until you start treating people correctly. Like, cause to be honest, I have a whole lot more to grow, bro. Like with school being involved, I said, I said I have a whole lot more to learn, but it's a blessing, man, for real. No doubt, no doubt. I think that you know, like I said earlier, you're still young, so you got a lot more. Um, growing to do not just you know uh, in music but in life right so you know just you know I've been in situations like that when I was your age and even younger you know what I'm saying I learned that you got to know who you're dealing with when it comes to business me personally I would handle the situation a little differently but you know that's neither here nor there You know what I'm saying? That, so, man, that man, that man was about to call, go and, go and call the police on that man. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's 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 choices in life, you know, and some of them, some of them make you feel better. Of them, others, you know, can cause you trouble. So, at the end of the day, it's all about choices. So, let me ask you this: What happened? Uh, what got you into uh, forensics? Oh, forensics. Oh, I love, man. So <clears throat> as a kid, I remember I was in high school and um, that it was this, I had this teacher, he was an African teacher and we would be in class and he would talk about different, different experiments. He, at one time he did a um experiment on what was it? he did an experiment on night on nitrogen gas and some type of fume hood or something. He had like a fume hood in his room and he said, Hey, I'm gonna make an experiment um in class today. So he had it all his his gas machines and all, all these different like things and he was talking about he was studying this drug or something for his research. And he had he had this big old microscope. It's like I see. I can't remember how many different types of microscope. I know there's a comparison microscope, a stereoscopic microscope. You boy, you, man, you just got so many microscopes. He was studying the drug, and I was like, I think I was in class. I might have been. I, that was maybe 11th or 10th grade in high school, and he was just looking through it. He was telling me like, you know, it was after class. You know, uh, once he did the thing, he said, "Hey, Philip, I want to show you something." Because we talked about what our aspirations were and what we wanted to do and what type of things we love to do on the side and hope to make them an aspiration with our main career and stuff like that. 
he said, oh, I'm studying this drug. And he's told me like, hey, this drug says, you know, what, uh, what, what the classification of it is. He, he could tell how much the drug weighed. Um, he did like some math testing on the drug, man, this man had it, had it going on. And I was like, man, that is so interesting. He said, uh, yeah, when you study drugs, you got to collect the drug this way. And he's looking through the microscope, showing me like different type of crystals in the drug. I was like, wow, like that, that is really like awesome. And, um, then he told me about his research that he did for his master's degree. And he said, oh, um, oh, this, this is pretty, he was like, oh, like, I think he done, he showed that he had to present a presentation or something about his drug that he studied. And I was like, wow, that is very interesting. And I said, I love looking at uh, forensic files because I used to watch forensic files. I remember in high school, I watched them like Dr. G Medical Examiner, mm-hmm. uh, CSI files, Law and Order. I would look at them and write music, take a break. Right, go back to watching it. And and he told me about it. He was like, Yeah, I think I, I think you would do good in this. And I remember in class, you know, <clears throat> that we had a final exam. And I don't I don't do this to, you know, be brag bragging about it, nothing. But I remember we were in uh we had a final exam in chemistry. And the thing was an honors course, I think. And I think I was the only person that really passed that final um exam that we had i think i passed it with a a 89 or 90 or something um on it and so he was like oh he he told came back and told me what i made he said oh have you thought about doing um you know drug toxicology or any forensic work i said yes sir i watch a lot of medical examiner shows i watch a whole lot of that forensic files I look at how people collect evidence, how blood can tell, like, like where, like the way blood splatters, if, you know, where the person shot was at point blank range, was it at a trajectory angle, you know, stuff like that. And so, so that's, that's what made me more interested in it. And when I first got into my, um, my undergrad freshman year, um, I had a professor, he was a homicide detective and. So we, I come into class, man, and you know when you when your first week of undergraduate freshman, excuse me, you're like, man, like did this because I came from a school that was only about five hundred to seven hundred kids, mm-hmm. and you go into in college, you got like thirty thousand people, twenty thousand people walking that campus. You gonna feel odd there because like you're not the only one there, and like you got all different type of other people. I come in the classroom, I'm sitting there, you know, you know, I was, you know, cause as a freshman, you're trying to get your wits about you. You're trying to figure out where to go, how to manage your time wisely sitting there in the, in the front, I come through the door and the door I used to go to class in, it will make this squeaking noise. So you, if you walk through it, somebody <laughs> know who came through it or if you were late or anything, come through the door, all looking and stuff off first week he bringing a canine dog in there i'm like man why is this dude got a big old canine and it's just sitting right in front of me staring at me and i said lord he said hey uh he told me hey hey philip uh i I need you to stand up for a minute 
I'm like, why you? Hold on, I ain't done. I didn't do anything crazy. He said, um, he did a test with the dog. He said, I need you out your seat, whatever. So he had like all these. He told, he think he told a couple people to leave and a couple people to stay because mm-hmm. it was like this experiment he was doing. He said he was gonna have like some type of chemical or whatever. See if the dog could sniff it out. He was gonna mix it with different other chemicals and see if the dog could sniff it out and pinpoint where it was at. So he put the things in different spots or around the classroom. It was a criminal justice class. So I'm sitting there like, wow. And then the he was the dog was able to tell like where the smell was coming from, and he would go to it and bark to it. I was like, wow, that is awesome. Like the way dogs smell, man, and stuff. It was just, it was just crazy. He gonna, then he gonna try to pat me on the back. You don't have to be scared of nothing, man. Like, what, what, what you being scared about? <laughs> I like, no, nah, I mean, that dog is, he was just, hey, I don't want you, that thing jumping on me. <laughs> I'm sitting in the front row. You, you bringing a big old canine with the FBI, the FBI unit there, the SWAT team. And they were talking about different tests they perform on um on drugs like you can sprinkle something and if the and if the indicator shows a different color then that person has that type of drug or something like that so you know um it was just it was just crazy man like how you know forensic how you can analyze drugs with different techniques and different tests so do you plan on getting into uh law enforcement with your uh degree? Yeah, I plan I plan on getting into some law enforcement. I plan on doing some um some criminology work or being like a homicide detective. We're collecting evidence and just sending it off to a lab. Uh because that's that's what I did. I mean, chemistry, I love chemistry too. So it, it it's kinda it's kinda hard one. But um but right now I'm in just criminology. So criminology is basically um, the study of like criminal justice, studying data. What does that data tell you or what does it mean and stuff of that nature? Okay. That's what's up. Not too many people uh, that I know of go that route. I know a lot of people that, you know, become like morticians or biologists, but a lot of people either go, you know, the military route or the police force route. Mm-hmm. And not too many people take the, the scientist route for forensics. I mean, it's more and more. It's been popular since about 17 years ago, uh, in my opinion, that you hear more people speak about it or more people have interest in it. But uh, it wasn't, you know, to that back then when it started to really get a rise in a career choice right right yeah so uh what's uh what's next for you i know that you you still in school i know that you're working on your next uh project and everything is there anything outside of uh, musical school that you're working on um not that i <clears throat> not that i know of that i'm really working on it's just um the music in school and working on this project, man. This this new song for Through the Storm. Yeah, it's 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 gonna it's really gonna touch people, man. It's just how you know the stuff I taught, the stuff that I got in that song, man. It's gonna be 
Uh, I feel you. it's gonna be deep. And yeah, it's gonna be deep, man. <laughs> it's gonna be. That's what's up. That's what's up. So, um, so besides, uh, besides school and, and music, are you working or are you just in school? I'm just, I'm, I'm just in school right now. Um, that I've, I haven't worked yet. I hope after this semester, hope to get an internship or something like that. But I'm always, I'm always gonna keep the education, man. Because like I said, music is cool. Music is great. I still have a passion for it, but. When them bills come in, <laughs> are you talking about school loans? No, not 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 school loans. I'm talking about just like when you go up in your career and mm-hmm. you, you know when you living on your own and you know stuff like that. It's cool to do music. Don't get me wrong, but when them bills come in, man, them them bills ain't gonna hold back nothing. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You, yeah, uh... and, uh, you know what I'm saying. That's why I just that's why I said like education. Is like important now. I'm 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 still gonna grow and I'm still gonna go hard, like because that's just me. I'm just not gonna just say like, oh, um, oh, I know I'm in school. I'm just gonna put out some crazy music. My friends gonna be like, man, what is this? What 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 are you doing? No, nah, man, it's not it. Cause that's the thing that I was gonna refer back to earlier, and we can talk about as well. Is that you know most engineers. When I recorded my mixtape, the engineer is supposed to say, now people have different opinions. People don't agree with this. You know, everybody's opinion at the end of the day. Engineer is supposed to tell you, hey, this is not it. Go back and record that again. I mean, I've seen engineers in studios. I've been to many studios before. Engineers with, engineers with clients or artists, they know that person record. When they record that part, that person, that thing was not good. They'll just throw a whole bunch of reverb and all these effects. And I'm like, and then they'll just gas them up. Man, yeah, they were like, oh, yeah, man, that that, that part hot. He was like, yeah, I think I think I killed it. You really didn't. <laughs> you, the person is just doing it just because if I stop and teach them, that's not bringing in money. But that's your job as an engineer to be like, hey, let, let's let, let's uh, backtrack a bit and let's work on this because I remember, man. Um, I was I was in a session with this this one guy. I got a song that I'm I'm gonna be dropping a song with too soon. Um, I was in there with him and I was in there with the other guy. It was a it was a track. It was on my mixtape. It was two. It was two guys on the track with me. Um. And we all get in a session and, you know, when you, when you learning and you see somebody else above your, I don't like saying above your talent, but got more experience and like, you know, just, just goes crazy when on the mic. And when, as a learning artist, when I recorded that song with them guys, I'm sitting there like, man, I'm going to have to make sure I don't get scraped on my own track. When I say scrape, I mean, get blown off because some 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 music artists get blown off i'm like no nah, i ain't getting blown off my track i don't mm-hmm. care if it's gonna take me but i'm gonna tell them hey man just give me a while because you know you're not gonna just blow just i mean it's a difference when y'all going back and forth at it like oh shoot you know what i'm saying and you know they might say oh it might be a little tie something but no nah, <laughs> it's not gonna scrape me off my own track uh-uh and 
I remember I was in a session with one of them guys and um that he 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 he's gonna be on my project as well. And he's he's in a thing. I'm sitting there practicing, rehearsing my verse. I'm like, man, I'm trying to get the cadence and these flows and energy right. He come in there, hey man, uh now this is what he said. He's like, hey man, uh after uh what what I do is not is not my verse out. So you have time to get yours in. I'm like, man, I, I'm like, man, you probably gonna go crazy. That dude, not that thing I want to take. I said, oh my gosh, because <laughs> you you know you're you like you starting to get uncomfortable, un- uncomfortable bit. Like, man, can I really hang with this guy? Like, you know, it's like, can I really hang with him? But and the thing is, and it was so you know it was good. They were giving their criticism in the session. Like, no. You rush that part. You sound out of breath. You breathing too hard, man, or something like that. And I learned an engineer, man. I just believe engineers shouldn't be. You know, you can't tell nobody they can't record or they can't record there, but try to coach them a bit through it. I just see engineers just take the people in. They'll just think they sound good on the mic, and then they just throw a whole bunch of stuff on them. Like, man. I mean, but I, I'm not saying I'm better than anyone because I still got learning to do. But I just feel like coaching the engineer that coaches makes the artist become the better version of themselves. You might everybody has a different opinion on it, but so not not to defend all engineers, but you got to look at it like this, right? That one particular situation. Let's say this was a person that was looking out for somebody. Or that that artist begged this engineer uh, to discount him for his services, right? Mm-hmm. Do you think a person that that's doing something for free, or that had to put up with like somebody who was late, or someone who was you know trying to cheapen the deal that lessened the quality of his work, you think they're going to take the time out to help this person out after they, mm-hmm. you know, they did it for free or, you know, they, they showed up late or, you know what I'm saying? Didn't treat his, his business as such. Yeah. I mean, that is a good point though. Yeah. I mean, you got it. You got to think, you got to think both sides of the coin when it comes to situations like that. I mean, I, I mean, if you were sitting there you obviously, you know what I'm saying, you didn't whisper in the engineer's ear like, hey, man, you think that, you know, you could give him a little advice or, you know, tell him, you know, that that didn't really sound that good, right? Because, you know, at the end of the day, that's business between uh, two, two other men outside yourself. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So a lot of people don't, it's okay to voice your opinion, but you got to remember that you don't know what's going on behind closed doors. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of people, you know, like like you see on the media these days, you know, they take a situation that you see on the front page and they give a two cents. But were you there? How do you know all the details? How do you know, you know, what, what led up to that interaction or that situation? You know what I'm saying? So you'll never know because you're not in that man's mindset or that person's mindset. You know, two people could have a disagreement and it can look like, you know, it was, you know, Armageddon or whatever the case may be. But you don't know the history behind it. You don't know that that's just how they deal with stuff. Not them saying it's the healthiest way, but, you know, 
it could be something like their way of working things out or just that's how they decided to come up with a solution for that problem or whatever. Now, the fact that it made the news or a headline is one thing, but at the end of the day, how does it affect you? Like, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? So if it's not affecting you, you know what I'm saying, you know, keep keep your opinion to yourself or make sure it doesn't, you know, put detriment on uh, other people's uh, well-being. You know what I'm saying? Right. Because that's how <clears throat> um, that's how it was when I recorded my tape. Because, I mean, I haven't recorded in a very long time. So, like, it's been a minute, but I'm starting to get my wits back just just – just day by day, little by little. But when I recorded, you know, my tape engineer, he was like, he, I would be in a session and if I was rushing something, he'd be like, nah, man, nah, man, that's not it. Like, it was like the first time, like probably the second time we met, he's like, nah, man, that's not it. I'm like, oh, that's not it. What's, what, what's wrong with it? Um, the whole thing was rushed. He would say it would be it was rushed, or he said, or felt like you were reading off the paper. He said, Man, put the lyrics down and just remember in your head while you're doing it. Don't he said, just don't read off of it. And I said, I asked him, I said, I said, why'd you like go about doing that? He said, Because it's more about a performance than anything. Nobody care. Well, some people care about the process, but the first thing when they hear when they when they hit that button on that song is, was that a good like was that was that a great song or something relatable to? They're not gonna be worrying about the process between or at. They might worry about after it's out, but it's more about performance. That's how he's always saw things. Yeah, I mean that. Like I mentioned earlier, that speaks to the quality of sound opposed to, you know, the subject matter. So you, right. you could talk about anything, but unless it, it has a bop to it, or you know, what I'm saying you riding the beat with whatever you're saying, and and you merging the two to make a fantastic track, it doesn't matter. So I think that's what he was, you know, getting at. You know, you gotta you gotta elevate yourself as a performer in order to, you know, become a good musical artist. Right. Yeah, man. Uh, no doubt, no doubt, man. So, uh, man, this has been dope, man. I appreciate you joining me today. I think that, uh, I think that people are going to uh, get a lot out of it. And I, uh, I also believe that, you know, a lot of people don't understand that young artists, you know, have these thoughts and, you know, have these struggles when it comes to actually trying these days. And especially, uh, you know, saying when it comes to being a, a Christian artist. So mm -hmm. a lot of people, you know, have that misconception that they only, you know, they can only make music one way when that's not true. And I think no. that, I think that you, you showed the people uh, otherwise today, you know, just, just in, in your little world. Mm hmm you know, so uh, uh, like I said, uh, you know, I appreciate you for joining me today. Uh, once you let the people know where they can find you at and anything you want them to look out for. Oh yeah, uh, so you can find me on all. Um, you can find me on social media on my Instagram, P underscore Martin ninety eight. You can find me on Facebook, uh, Philip Martin, and um, yeah, I got a, I got a, I got a new track coming out soon called. Uh, 
uh, called uh, Through the Storm. Um, it's going to be real. It's going to be real, you know, touching to the heart. And I hope it relates to everyone. And when it comes out, um, it's going to be on all platforms. It's I say probably within a couple months. So, so yeah. So just make sure y'all look out for that. I appreciate y'all tuning in. And thank you for all your support and the ones that's going to give it, you know, in the future. So I really appreciate that. Uh, what about uh, previous projects you got out right now? Oh, previous projects. I got a I got a tape that I dropped a year or two ago, man, called Lord Over My Eyes. It's on Audio Mac. It's free. If y'all want to go check that out, I really appreciate it. But it's going to be some new sounds and new dope stuff that's going to be in y'all way. So just make sure y'all tune in. Y'all don't want to miss it. No doubt, no doubt. Ladies and gentlemen, I've been your host, the Landover Legend, aka Big T, and this has been another installment of the I Can't Make This Up podcast. That's I Can't with a K, Make This Up <laughs> podcast. You can find me everywhere podcasts are available. I'm also on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter. And please don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Don't forget to follow my guests and support them on all endeavors. And I appreciate any and all feedback, whether you liked it or not. So please let me know what you think. And, you know, I'll, I, I'll adhere to that. And if it's anything negative, I got no hate or nothing like that in my heart. I'm just going to block you. But until next time, <laughs> y'all take care. Peace. Take care, man. Thank you. I can't make this up. Being the winged man got me punched in the face by this crazy chick. I can't make this up. Gave this cool old man to ride home. Now I'm harboring the fugitive. I can't make this up. Pin between the fat chick and the speaker. Now my shirt smell like her backside. I can't make this up. It's all bad because my man about to get stabbed in his hand over french fries. Bad. And I'ma let the land over legend do the rest. I'm out.